Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, it's NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with D. Klein. Today, my guest is the owner and creative director at Agit Pop, Bradley Young. Hey, Bradley Young. Welcome to NFP. I'm so happy to have you here today. Welcome. Uh, hello. Uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, we were just talking before the show, though, about you not doing so great, though. Apparently, you hurt your back. What's going yes, on there? Yes, I had a back injury, uh, which was ridiculous. Mm. Uh, I was, you know, try- I, I had some back pain, and I was trying to, like, alleviate it with an Epsom salts bath. Um, I had a spasm, so I was like a whale <laughs> thrashing around in my bathtub. Uh, and, you know, I, after that, I couldn't walk. It was just like this slight thing. Uh, so I crawled to my bedroom, lay on the floor for, I don't know, what, four hours or something. Oh, no. And then, I thought, <laughs> and then I was like, well, I guess I better eat something. So then I crawled to the fridge like a dog and pulled out a pre-prepared salad <laughs> and crawled back to my bedroom and, like, you know, ate it on the floor. So, oh. yeah. Anyway, three trips to the ER, doctors... Oh, no neurosurgeons uh yeah i mean i'm still it's been going on now for six weeks mm-hmm. and you know i'm waiting this afternoon i'm getting something called bacalove bacalove i don't know what it's called but anyway it's a muscle, sure it's not muscle. baklava you're just having yeah, it's ba- food. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> A Greek dessert. The back, the back of us, the back of us, not going to cut it. I need the, I need the real stuff. Comfort. I need the, I need the good stuff, which is this muscle relaxant. So I'm very, I'm very excited about that. Um, You know, uh, so has this been a long term problem or just kind of a new thing? No, brand new, fresh. Oh shit! So it's just, it's just dealing with the pain, and Mm. you know, as far as work is concerned. Over the last, and we'll talk about it later, but over the last uh, five weeks to six weeks was when I was working on these three new NFTs mm-hmm, for my mm-hmm. grand debut as an <laughs> NFT artist. And uh, you already had course, your grand debut, though. You had the police piece oh, on yeah, Foundation yeah. like a while ago. It's June 25th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is the grander one. Okay. <laughs> grand the, reopening. Yeah, there's a grand reopening. That was just test. Seriously, oh, I see. I see. It was a okay. test run. I just, well, I just said, okay, well, I'll just stick it up there and see what happens. I did no preparation whatsoever. Really? Uh, it's a cool, no, cool piece. So, like, that was something that you were just kind of winging it. This whole process. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I read, I read some stuff. Yep. On the internet about, you know, blah blah blah. You need to get, you need to go on Twitter and right. friend all these people, and you know, find and you know, it seemed networking. Like, you got a network. Yeah, the networking and. The, I'm guessing you're a pretty networked person already, though. Oh, I am networked, <laughs> but I network, but not with NFTs. Okay, I mean, okay. 
it's a separate, you know, it's like a separate division in the Twitter world. It's not uh, weird. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's I, I was shocked how siloed Twitter can be. I mean, mm. you know, we've heard about uh, black Twitter and, mm. uh, you know, gay Twitter and all these things, but it can be very siloed. And I have found that although I have incredible metrics and for the last three years I developed incredible metrics on uh, Twitter I've got 80,000 followers yeah, um, that's, that's and a lot of followers. Uh, 14 million video views that's, and that's, that's a good uh, number half of Canada yeah, yeah. <laughs> double double Australia I'm Australian by the way if you didn't notice uh, actually it's more like a third of Canada don't be offended okay let's fight well it's so it's definitely double Australia <laughs> You know, as long as Australia doesn't all die of COVID because oh, no. they screwed that up, it's a disaster. Um, and 180 million Twitter impressions, which apparently are very it's a very important metric. I yeah, and then so yeah, so I've got all those people, but mm-hmm. they're what I've found. I mean, in the research that I you know has done is that the nft world does not cross over hmm. and i mean i would say 90 seems like 95 percent of the eighty thousand wouldn't know an nft if it bit them in the ass right um, i see what you're saying yeah so there is no crossover so i have to sort of i have to start again hmm. um with the nft world mm-hmm. i mean you know and uh, because what I was doing was, you know, ended up being so political, and the when Trump disappeared, uh, I'm sort, <laughs> sort of, of wandering all over the conversation here. <laughs> no, I mean, no, January, that's, that's the January, podcast. yeah, January sixth was really, you know, a pivotal moment in uh, obviously American history. Uh, I and also in the world of you know politics a lot of people before that there was this you know trump was trump he'd go to the very edge mm-hmm. of you know destroying something and yes he did some there's no question he did some really really bad things but he seemed the the super super bad thing i'm talking lots of people disagree with me the super bad things he's just stepped away from the edge um mm-hmm. But the January 6th, uh, cha- I mean, a lot of people said, okay, this isn't funny anymore. Mm. Uh, and it just really, they, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, you look at Stephen Colbert as an example, he won't even say his name. I mean, mm. uh, I don't know though, man. I mean, Stephen Colbert, I love Stephen Colbert. I saw him in, oh, I, saw, I went to a show in, in, in uh, New York and saw him. Uh, but I, I have to say, his show was never more popular than during. Trump's regime. Absolutely. And you have to ask yourself, and, you know, it's, which for my, what I was doing in a very, very tiny, 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 tiny way, you know, uh, mirrors that hmm. in that people are not as interested, you know, in what I was doing. So I've, I've you know, I'm, I'm pivoting to different subjects. Yeah, it's tougher um, to satirize Joe Biden. I mean, there's elements of Joe Biden we can still satirize, of course. But people yeah, like Rudy Giuliani, they're just built for satirical 
response. Yeah, but no one I mean? cares about. Yeah, no one cares about him. I mean, Joe <laughs> Biden. If you satirize him, there's the the market for Joe Biden satire is very tiny. Yes, I mean, you look at Seth Meyers and a lot of the late night people, and they, they, I mean, which is sort of my barometer. And you look at, uh, they keep saying, oh, we're never going to talk about Trump. And that's all they ever talk about sure. is Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and Biden will get like a little bit at the end. And mm-hmm. it's always to do with his age. Well, Trump was um, interesting. Like Trump was like, you know, there'd be some ridiculous story on just about a daily basis of some ridiculous uh, quote. He a daily there. basis. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about. Uh, Maybe hourly. We're talking about hourly basis. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> He, I mean, people, I mean, he was like, it was a full-time job (laughs) keeping up on Twitter. I mean, I was on it all the time. I was on it hours and hours a day. So was he, apparently. Yeah, yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, um, and making these pieces on the fly uh, so I could have something fresh. It was, you know, it was quite something. It was like, trial by fire uh, but mm. it worked i mean mm-hmm. uh you know i got all these i got all of these uh these great metrics mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah but biden i mean yeah can we satirize him i, I mean, don't know i mean it's kind of you know your corporate democrat type yeah you know well i mean yeah that's your perspective but i mean in America, everyone I think is still, uh, even though the Afghanistan situation is spinning out of control, yeah. uh, I think that everyone's still incredibly excited that he's president. Oh, it's a far cry from Trump. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we've got you know, we've got a lot of look. There's, it's it, it's yeah, it's a, we've got a long way to go to get to the lefty politics that progressive <laughs> things, you know, AOC as uh, president, et cetera. We've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should we survive that as a uh, civilization? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that, you know, we've got a long way to go to get to her. But um, but this is <laughs> it's a step in the right direction. She's not even old enough to be president, is, isn't that right? That's correct. I believe the age is 36. I could be wrong. I, think I don't right, know yeah. why. Seems arbitrary, thirty six, you know, but uh, better than seventy five or whatever. Seventy eight. She's seventy eight. She's way old. I mean, he is old, but you know, I mean, he's in. He's, you know, his faculties are all there. So, you know, yeah, seventy eight is old. It is. I mean, I shouldn't. I mean, we shouldn't be ages, but uh, because we're all going to be there. But yes, that's true. That's true. It is. An advanced age, people, mm-hmm. people his age are dribbling into their incontinence bags and in, in, uh, in uh, you know, um, uh, age, old age homes around America and Canada. Yeah, but anyway, no, he uh, he has the good genes, so he's managed to keep it going. Yeah, don't get me wrong, like when Joe Biden was elected here as a Canadian, there was generally a sense of like huh okay yeah you know what i mean like okay yeah. i can yeah. breathe today without yeah. something ridiculous happening yeah it, you know what it, i mean was, you know it was definitely uh you know for the western world 
uh, a sigh of relief, definitely. Right. But there's yeah. still plenty to criticize, in my opinion. Yeah, there, there is. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, you know, woo, but, Biden's my favorite person. But I mean, it is, yeah. Yeah. It's a step it's a, forward anyway. Yeah. I mean, Trump was insane and still is insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no question. Uh, yeah. So, you know. Let's talk um, about your satire, though. I mean, obviously, you know, you came from, you know, when, when we look back through your satirical artworks, you talk about being influenced by, was it Ruscha you said? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Ed Ruscha, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, ha this is, well, I mean, it goes, the satire, I mean, just to dive in, I mm -hmm. mean, I have a dive whole... In. Since eight, since you know, since I was eighteen, I've basically been immersed in uh, photography first, and yep. then art. Mm -hmm. I mean, just to touch on a few things: art at Interview Magazine, um, and then I work with Tina Brown, who's a famous editor hmm. of the uh, New Yorker and Vanity Fair at a mm -hmm. magazine called Talk. So, I mean, you know, I learned about uh, news and stories from her. Um, Ingrid Sishi was the editor of Interview, uh, where I was the art editor as well as the photography director. Um, and she was, she was, unfortunately, she's died, as she's passed mm -hmm. on. Uh, she was one of the world's leading experts in art and photography. So I really, this is when I first started my career in publishing, well, my career period, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I was extremely lucky to uh, have these people, be around these people and learn right. so much. I mean, I was just, I was just dropped in. I mean, you know, when you rock up to work and the reception, there's three uh, Warhol mouths hanging in reception <laughs> and, uh, you know, schnabels lining the whole way, you're pretty much in the right place. Well, how did you get uh, dropped so, into that then? How does that happen? Well, crazy. Um, you know, I, I, I got to New York by, I mean, my sort of life is in two parts. One part art, one part hustle. One so, part, sorry, one part art, one part hustle, hustle. You know what J Lo's famous comment is: "The hustle never ends." Oh, hustle! I'm sorry, hustle. Yes, and as J Lo says, "The hustle never ends, and it never does." And she would know. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, so born in Cairns, far north Queensland, uh, which famously is where you know people. Uh, Catch black black marlins, mm -hmm. uh, you know Lee Mar. I don't know if you know who Lee Marvin is, but he's I don't. Whole, yeah, he's a famous actor from Golden Age. Jimmy Carter, you know. Yep. So they used to go there and you know, and catch black marlins, which is to me, you know, cruelty dressed mm -hmm. up as a sport. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so anyway, they're still doing it now, and of course beneath them. The reef, the Great Barrier Reef is dying. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, a little snapshot of civilization. So, <laughs> you know, I was gay. Uh, you had to get the fuck out of there. 
Mm. I went to Sydney and I, I lucked out. Uh, I got a job in a, as an agent in a model agency. Mm-hmm. Now that model, I mean, at the at the time, uh, Australia had a ridiculous boatload of magazines, like independent magazines. So the photographer, so the f- photography was super important, and that's when I learned, began to learn and love photography. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what happened was models there was like a circuit so models from you know new york paris whatever uh would come to australia and photographers would come to australia and because the imagery was so progressive they end up getting like a new portfolio Mm. and then they would you know they'd come here they'd there for three months and the agency that i worked for was like crushing it in the editorial, every cover was our model, you know, uh, all the major campaigns. So I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, I was involved in this circuit and I knew people in New York and I said, and then when I had my first trip to New York, which was very soon after I worked there, started working there, I was like, okay, this is where I need to be. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got back and I basically took my way into a job in New York, into America. <laughs> so I got my job in a model agency and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I didn't really like doing being an agent. So what's next? And through someone else, a contact called Susan Donaldson, who is now the uh She's the senior producer for Nike. Okay. Uh, she produces all of Nike's visuals. Wow. Basically, uh, so she she also lucked out, and uh, <laughs> she introduced me to Ingrid, um, and I went to the job interview, and you had to do an art project, and I got the job, and uh, that's how it happened. I mean, I can't tell you why she employed me. I certainly. <laughs> didn't have you know i don't have, didn't have an art degree i don't have mm-hmm. dogs i didn't go to yale uh photography it I was mean, just purely on merit you you did what they were looking for you were able to do well she i mean i think she said at one point you know he's a hustler mm. he's gonna hustle he's gonna hustle us some great photography. photography anyway whatever i don't know what it was. but anyway so that's how i got involved in that um oh, okay. and so you know, I learned it was like immersion, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of a lot of people say, "Oh, I was drawing as a kid," and sure, I would, I would, uh, I would, you know, go do anything I could to get to galleries in the weekend and museum. Where I grew up, I don't even know if they had an art gallery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, the only art in our house where I grew up was. <laughs> was a print of a matador. No, I remember it very well. It was in the living room. That's it. But we did have geometric. We it was like ge- from like a Wayfair or something? Or a yeah, Marshalls exactly. Or well, not even. I mean, <laughs> lower than that. Marshalls. I wouldn't know what it was. But that's, we. oh, and there was a, there was a landscape of uh, a gum tree in the living room. Mm-hmm. That was it. But we did have geometric wallpaper because it was the 70s. So yeah, maybe that. That you know, that obviously was burned into my retina 
design <laughs> from design from later on. Sure. Anyway, so yeah, what am I saying? So uh, basically, you know, everyone says I didn't really wasn't the only thing I did as a kid was get a subscription to Time magazine. Oh. Uh, so, so I was interested in journalism. Anyway. Sorry, you were interested in journalism. Journalism. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that's where it came in. Okay, so we're at the interview. We're being immersed in art. And again, as I said, I mean, you know, it wasn't a situation where I was running, even then, running to galleries on the weekend because that's, I was in it. Mm -hmm. I was talking to the galleries. I mean, it was all around me. I was totally immersed in art. It was my job description, whether I liked it or not, right. which I like. I liked it. Uh, uh, so you know, you. I didn't. Uh, so hard to describe. I didn't really think about it. Uh, rather, you know, I was like chasing the. I mean, I was. It was so. It was my job to chase the art. Okay. So you have a different. Idea. But anyway, whatever. Um. So. That was great. Uh, then I was headhunted by Tina Brown, um, who I said was, she was the famous the editor of Vanity Fair and The New Yorker. Um, and, you know, learned story from her uh, and journalism and became a news junkie there. Um, then uh, there was sort of a, a blip of a year uh, when the and then I moved on. Then I, I got, and then I was, oh, yeah. So what happened was Talk, the magazine, after 9-11, went belly up, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. It was a bit of a, it was, it was like front pages of the New York Times. Tina Brown has failed. Okay. And, yeah, so there was a year where it was, it was you know, we were all, like, wondering what we're going to do next. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got a two-week stint at GQ. Okay. Um, and, you know, again, the hustle kicked in and I'm like, I'm not leaving. I got there, I'm like, I said to myself, I'm not leaving here. <laughs> I'm going to do something that uh, they have will to make keep them. You. They have to keep me. Yes. So I booked, I don't know if you know, uh, very, very, very a legendary photographer in Paris called William Klein. Um, I booked him for uh, GQ and they were like, holy shit. <laughs> and they kept me. Uh, as like, they gave, they created a job for me. And, you know, within, you know, a year, I was director of photography. Uh, awesome. So I've yeah. seen and some I of the had- photography on your uh, Agit Pop dot world that's yeah beautiful i mean it was you know exactly i mean uh, we i mean what are, where are we going to go here so gq was a huge success i mean mm-hmm. what when i arrived there um very few of the top photographers none of the well very few, one or two of the top photographers would work for gq mm-hmm. it wasn't considered uh, a cool magazine oh, really? okay and also yeah, and also the men's market isn't as big as the women's right, market. Course. So, for example, you know, you do editorial to get the advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you have to make it cool. 
So, you know, again, back to the hustle. Uh, I managed to get the A-list photographers uh, who some of them, I'll give you the list, but some of them have sadly uh, been involved in sex scandals. Oh, no. So, so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So three of them, three of the biggest stars at the time are now, you know, sort of in semi-disgrace. Bruce Weber, Mm -hmm. Mario Testino and Terry Richardson. I mean, they're in the last couple of years, unfortunately, they've all been accused of sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're no longer A-list. But at the time, you know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, they were, you know, the creme they de la top creme. Notch, so yeah, yeah. They're top notch. And there's the Benoud was the, another one mm-hmm. that I brought in. So, I mean, yeah. So basically I changed the visual language of the magazine. And... Uh, it caused kind of issues with the creative director, okay. uh, Fred Woodward, because, you know, I mean, he was this jumped-up queen, uh, basically, so, you know, doing all this visual stuff that he had no control over. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, he was a very special case. He He's considered the legendary art director in mm-hmm. the New York publishing world. Um, but, you know, he was very uh, special. He very rarely spoke to me. I mean, he's my boss for two years. Mm-hmm. He very rarely, if he could avoid it, he wouldn't speak to me. And okay. he very rarely returned my email. So, you know, it was fun. Just avoiding conflict? Avoiding, uh, yeah, conversation. I mean, you know, okay. I had to get approval for the photographers from him. It's very complicated. And three other people. Were you we always going shoot. through someone then to reach him? Or what? how would you get the approval then? Well, eventually, well, eventually I'd hear that it was okay. Or he would have to finally uh, email me back. But, you know, okay. it would take, it's, it was... It was a it was a struggle. A begrudging email. Fine, go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> fine is one of those words. Like uh, fine, just fine. Fine is one of those words. And like it's a great have word. Many many. Yeah. It's a, many many. Anyway, now, when so, my wife you know, says fine, it's it's not fine. <laughs> it's not fine. And you know, and we're talking. And there's it. it the the homophobia was pretty rife mm. uh, in uh, GQ. Really? Uh, That's surprising oh, yeah. to me. Well, because very surprising considering the editor in chief was gay. But I think is, it would be a pretty progressive platform. At the time, it is now, I think, from what I can tell on the outside. At the time, uh, it was not. There's a whole huh. history. Of, there's a whole history of anti gay stuff that went on in the early 80s, but I'm not going to get into that. Sure. Um, but, well, yeah, 80s, I can see that, but we're not talking that long ago, are we? Yeah, well, we're talking 12 years ago. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, 15, I was there for three years, so 12 years ago. And there was still uh, kind so, of that homophobic kind of undertone there? Well, here's the thing, you know, it's like they are fine with the gays as long as they're straight acting and they're not noisy and opinionated hmm. um the opposite of me so 
I'm very opinionated, and being Australian, mm-hmm. I will. I'm a bit too honest. I found mm. I have found out I'm too honest for the corporate American world. Would you say this uh, is true now still, or has that changed? I don't know because I'm not in it, but okay. it looks like the GQ that they put out now. I mean, you know, they talk about trans people. They, yeah, it's very gay, super, super, super gay friendly. Okay, uh, just so it has changed. Yeah, it, it has changed, absolutely. But at the time, it it was not. And, it, you know, it was not exactly uh, fun for me. But, you know, and the thing was, because I had all the success bringing these photographers in that they wanted to work with, uh, it sort of worked against me hmm. because they were like, damn, you know. This coin's bringing in the bright people, but we, you know, why, you know, why does he have to be him? <laughs> why so they kind of resented you at the same time as yeah. like, well, I guess we kind of have to tolerate him because. Of yeah, you got it. If I was a pretty girl with big boobs, uh, it would have been greater. I would have had a career like no other. <laughs> yeah, there is no question in my mind because I. Uh, you know, anyway, whatever. So that was GQ. Um, so huge success, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, again, surrounded by art and all the rest of it. And they, at the time, they were winning all these awards for their news coverage as well. So, you know, continuing on the trajectory of news and art. And there you have it. So then... I went to InStyle. Okay. But I mean, I got to a point where it was just unacceptable the way they were treating me. Mm. Uh, I, I just couldn't. I mean, there was the, the um, managing editor at the time was just. You're talking about GQ still when you say yes, that. Yes, GQ. It got to a point where it was like, this is just, I mean, I can't. As much as I love GQ and it's great for my career, I mean, you know, it's doing my head in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they would, for example, the managing editor would scream bloody murder like I murdered her firstborn over the subject of my email etiquette. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was that kind of thing. I mean, in today's world, she would be fired, which she eventually was. But I mean, okay. yeah. So, but anyway, so moved on to uh, moved on to in style. Because they were paying lots of money, and I, you know, do like money. You're a little muffled uh, right now. I'm not sure if you're uh, moved on to InStyle, and anyway, so that was, you know, I mean, again, I'm working with all these celebrities, you know, Anderson, Beyonce, and you know, the Brad. I mean, Brad Pitt. I did before. Did that um, ever get to feel normal working with people like that? Oh, it was incredibly normal. It was the most normal thing in the world. Um, I, at the beginning, I was nervous, but I can't talk about anyone else's experience. It was literally a job for them. And for me, you go, you make pictures. You know, there wasn't any magic. Uh, (laughs) They weren't, they weren't trying to be entertaining. It was like turning up at the office, Mm -hmm. except you're in the Maldives or you're in, 
you know, the Bel Air in Los Angeles or some or Tuscany. But surely um, there must have been times that you were like, I can't believe I'm here with these people doing this. Um, I have to say not really because it was mm-hmm. just so. You're in such a. Uh, you had so much pressure to get what, particularly in style, had all these parameters I had to uh, reach. I was so pressured to get them. You were just like, super oh, yeah. focused on the task, basically. Yeah, super focused on the task, you know, and making sure the celebrity smiled, just <laughs> like that big thing. Why won't Brad Pitt smile the way I need him to smile for the parameters I've been given? Exactly. <laughs> and please don't, and you you are banned from putting an actress in a green dress for a cover shot because for some reason green is, uh, green is you know, bad. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. or you're in the Maldives or wherever you are and you have to put a white background up to do the cover <laughs> shot. I mean, right. it's beyond ridiculous. Mm. I mean, you know, the lighting is so much better uh, <laughs> with, without the white. You, so you have to set up a little studio. It was just, just crazy. Anyway, so... So here you are yeah, in the most beautiful we, scenic place, yet you're using a studio anyway. Yeah, you're whiting the, <laughs> yeah, for one shot. And I mean, okay. you know... It was first class all the way, and then you know, at the queue there was a there was a very famous story about a private jet and parties in the room uh-huh. in my room at the Bel Air. I mean, all this great stuff, which I did enjoy, I have mm-hmm. to say. Sure. And uh, but by the time I got to InStyle for a couple of years, and yes, it started to wane. The, the allure started to wane okay. of, you know, the first-class lifestyle because, you know, when you're back in the office, you have to have an hour meeting about mascara. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not gay enough for this. <laughs> it, I, I didn't just, know that was a measure that you could Well, <laughs> it was for me. Um, I just can't. I cannot. And it was just like this, it did, you know, it, <laughs> I, You're telling me I there's mean, a certain level saying, of gay that will tolerate an hour-long meeting about mascara? Absolutely, and okay. I don't. And I didn't I know that. Not, and I think that's. Uh, that, I, I think that's totally fine. But you know, it's not like it's not like gay. It's like uh, people. I mean, you know, some people will spend hours talking about football or sure. uh, baseball or, or whatever <laughs> or NFTs exactly. So anyway, I work with great, great photographers over there, and in the end, I said uh, I have to move on. Mm. And I, it was, uh, and also I'm looking at the rise of digital and side eyeing the rise of rise of digital. So I sort of I decided to um, uh, intern at a digital place to start learning about digital stuff. I, I had some money saved and uh that is where i started making those short films Mm -hmm. directing those short films i just you know decided to become a director like you like you do (laughs) i know i mean you had those connections to get these wonderful actors and people involved in it well absolutely and i was the one who got uh katie holmes on board for that that was a beautiful piece i was just watching that 
That was amazing. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. I mean, that was full on production with like the set was like a, a whole floor of people who were dedicated to make my vision work. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. It was, yeah, it was one, it was an incredible thing. And Katie was great. And uh, the it was actually for John Frieda for a new product they had. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like one of the first, uh, what are they called? Not advertorials, but branded content. Okay. But they loved it. And they wanted it, and they wanted it, to, and they loved that it was in black and white. And they loved, you know, that I was doing all the moves of, you know, French New Wave moves that I loved so much because I was, you know, also a film buff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, really? This is, you like this? I'm like, <laughs> great. And they said, no, 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 it has to be black and white. It has to be really obtuse. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> I'm all over it. And that's why it looks so good. Um, because they allowed me to do all this stuff. Mm. Um, you know, anyway. So I really like um, the star, the Lydia Hurst piece you did. That's beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, that I did. I mean, again, my contacts, I knew the people at the Standard in New York and mm-hmm. got the roof for free, um, got Lydia Hurst on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I've, and just, I've heard that Philip Glass song so many times, but... I've never yeah. seen it so beautifully matched with visuals. It's it's phenomenal. I love it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I like, I mean, I love doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And But again, you know, it's very obtuse. Uh, <laughs> How so? Well, I mean, you know, it's not what the commercial world of, commercial making like tv commercials which is what i was when was what i tried to do next it's not what they're looking for okay i mean yeah they're looking for happy funny yes i see what you're saying yeah you know i mean they're not looking for accessible let's say totally accessible they're not looking for images of katie holmes crying in uh (laughs) in a video Mm -hmm. uh in a tv commercial they're looking for her they're looking for her to be shaking her head around and saying know make us feel good make us feel yeah make us yeah exactly and you know so that's so i tried to do that i mean you know if i was straight hot young talent optional uh white guy with the man button uh yeah it was the it was peak man bun time uh if i was that guy i'm sure i would have had a better better luck okay but anyway so you know i did some i did freelance work for a couple of years um and then sort of i started I, that's when i started doing agit pop stuff and i you know mm-hmm. i did it by myself at home so you know sort of I was just playing around Um, and then I, then Brexit happened and I'm like, Uh that is insane. And then. That seems like so long ago now. Holy. It was only, well, yeah. And then Trump got elected. Mm -hmm. When Trump got elected, I'm like, that's, this is like really crazy. And it peaked, you know, like 
my uh, news junkie self and my humor. Hum- I've always been into humor. I mean, yep. my favorite uh, director and writer is, and I hope I say his name right, is Arnaldo Inucci, mm-hmm. who did Veep. Okay. Um, that is my sense of humor exactly. Okay. He did another movie that's famous called The Thick of It, which was okay. English, okay. which is prior Veep. I mean, so I that's my sense of humor. So I want to combine that with my art um, and start creating these pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I said, okay, well, I guess I need to be on Twitter. So right, I started from scratch in uh to beginning late 2007 early 2000 oh 2007 2017 <laughs> and early it feels like it was 2007 yeah i know and early 2020 uh, 2018 and you know didn't know i have a clue about twitter never been on social media uh i i was not interested, um, but I knew that I had to be there. So I dived in and learnt basically on the fly um, of what worked, what didn't work, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, after very, you know, quiet start, things started to explode. And I mean, I was getting all these metrics of piling in, and thousands of likes. What was, your, what was your technique? You think that was so effective? I mean, what basically you, if you look on my website, you'll see, you know, I was, I don't know, it was my sense of humor, I Mm -hmm. think. And it was also the fact and what I was doing, I wanted the pieces to be as high end as, I mean, as high end as possible. I didn't want them to look like, you know, pictures stuck together quickly in Photoshop. And, of course, as you know, the news cycle was going at warp speed, so I had very little time to create stuff. That's when I started to use found video and or stock video. So my style, and this is where Ed Rocher comes in, Richard Prince, uh, my style with their, you know, their influence developed from there. Um, so I could see, but, you know, at the time I was working really fast and getting everything done. And, you know, when I had a breather, I'm like, okay, I can see where this is connected to, you know, Ruche and the text part of it became slowly more important. But I mean, I can't, I guess it was the humor. I don't know Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. they liked about it, but they liked it. Yep. I mean, you know, it tens captured of thousands. people's interests. Yeah. It did. I don't know what it, I mean, well, and it would it have is, been a point of dialogue for people when they would see those. Yeah. Whatever, I guess, whatever it was. I mean, and people, old people would say in the comments was, you know, give, you know, it's, this is fantastic. You're such a great artist. But no one would tell, no one would sit down and give me a critique. Okay. <laughs> why they why they like the art? I mean, you know, I mean, Twitter's not for that, right? Uh, and but you know, I mean, and famous people, uh, Judd Apatow, 
uh, and the like. I mean, I've listed them, share, mm -hmm. um, you know, liked them and retweeted them. Um, that helps. Uh, yeah, I mean, that helps, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, there's a whole list of celebrities who also who were on board as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I wasn't making any money. Right, no, of uh, course. I was giving away all this art for free. And, you know, so I had to start thinking of a way to make money. So I went back to the fashion thing and I created a, a small line of high-end T-shirts with, like, my three greatest hits mm -hmm. printed on them. And you can see them on my website. I don't know if you <laughs> the end of an era question mark exactly yeah. so yeah. Um, i like i like the the presidency is not a toy warning that's a good one yes that, yeah that that was that actually that's <laughs> that was my greatest hit of yeah. keep all away time. from children <laughs> yeah that was my greatest hits of all time and you know brilliant if i might say so mm -hmm. myself to do the dry cleaning bag i remember how it happened i remember i was in my apartment and there was a dry cleaning bag on the floor mm -hmm. i kept saying jesus christ i really need to clean up my apartment um and then i had another i had like five looks at that the dry cleaning bag and saw the writing and i'm like oh that's an idea um, it's incredible where the ideas come from. I don't know where they come from. Mm -hmm. You know, at the gym, they come at the gym a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, you, like, squeeze them out through your brain. Uh, <laughs> they just appear. I don't know. Usually you know, for me, it's right before I fall asleep. It's when I get ideas. Me as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then to I have the to point, get up and write it down and then go back. To well, sleep. it's kind of annoying. Absolutely. But that's one <laughs> thing. And then it turns into the Seinfeld episode the next day where you look at what you wrote down and you're like, <laughs> what the why hell did I, hell write? I write down? <laughs> this <Exactly. is> shit. <laughs> no, not this is shit. What am I? What's the word that I wrote down? You can't <laughs> decipher the word that you wrote down. Okay. I jot it down in my on my phone. So that's not an issue. Yeah. It's a matter I, of I've. Looking at yeah. it with new eyes and going, is this actually any good or is this crap? All right, no. I'm still back at the what did it, you know, even writing it on the phone in notes. It's like, you know, question mark, P, backstroke, Y. Nonsense. Yeah, it's just nonsense. Anyway. <laughs> and yes, but I do do that. Uh I have some great ideas just before I sleep. Um right. So where were we now? Okay, okay. So yeah, back to the fashion. So um, I and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Just as I the I received the a hundred blanks from Canada. I might add, mm. Roper Knitting Mills, the world's best fleece, uh, and they were beautiful. They're, they're gorgeous. Sorry, um, what was that? What were you talking about from Canada? Roper. This is the the uh, the actual sweatshirts oh, that okay, I was going to okay, print okay. on. Yes, came from Roper Knitting Mills uh, oh, in okay. Canada, mm -hmm. uh, and you know they're they're touted as the world's best fleece. Mm -hmm. um, and if anyone knows if anyone knows about fleece, it would be Canada because I understand. You would guess it, so. Yeah, yeah, well, it gets a bit chilly up there. Canada, um, maybe say Siberia. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, Siberia is famous for other things. <laughs> um, anyway, so so 
they arrived made and ready to be printed in New York uh, on March 12th. Mm-hmm. And I think it was March 15th. I could be wrong. New York shut down. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's COVID. right. Because I had I had flights booked to come to New oh, York. Right. I had tickets to Hamilton booked. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were going to go there for a, like a spring break type thing. My wife and right. I. And it all got scrapped. Oh, it was just crazy. And <laughs> it was so surreal. I mean, I've. Yeah, I mean, this has been talked about a thousand times. Sure. But it was like, surely it can't last. This is just for a couple of and weeks. It's like, ah, yeah, a couple of weeks, we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> and, you know, and then, you know, then then they're rolling in the, uh, they're rolling in the uh, refrigerated trucks mm-hmm. four blocks from me. Wow. Uh, and that I'm must like, have been quite know, the scene. That was later on. Um, right. You know, you it it was all in your head because you couldn't really go outside. Yes, right. And when you so it was like rear window only, in real life. Exactly. You only really imagined how bad it could be. I mean, you know, you heard stories about these hospitals that were just overrun and they're on yep. the news every hour. Mm-hmm. And uh but it's you're separated from it because you're stuck in your house. Of course. Um, and, you know, the world's calling you up and saying, oh, my God, it must be so bad in New York. So, well, I'm just sitting here. It might be. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm going to the, I'm going to Trader Joe's, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going inside a nuclear disaster, you know, with a hazmat suit on. Uh, to get my to get the food, and you know, remember washing food? I mean, remember that was oh, the brother. thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so they arrived, and I was like, great. So, but you know, there was still Twitter, so yep. kept racking up those metrics. Well, and that's when um, NFTs really exploded, was because everyone was stuck inside. Well, yeah, but I didn't know about NFTs. Oh, okay. okay. At that point, so I thought maybe NFT, that was the convergence. Point. No, the the convergence point's coming. Okay, I promise. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, yeah, it's like I'm building up this thing. <laughs> so I didn't know what it's I a good. It's a good know. story. Yeah, so you know, I'm creating these pieces, creating. They're getting more sophisticated, and more sophisticated, and pushing mm-hmm. myself. Uh, and then. Uh, you know, around June, things started settling down a little bit. And that's when I started, said, okay, I'm just going to do this. I had the money um, and I said, I'm just going to start making these sweatshirts. Right. And it was incredibly difficult because, mm. you know, I couldn't go to the printer. Oh, of course. Everything, everything was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything had to be done. Uh, and so it was very difficult and time yeah time consuming and you know if there was a slight mistake it was like you had to go back and forth back for anyway whatever um and finally it just finally i launched uh at the very end of december i mean i really you know very end of december and um you know it wasn't too bad but I didn't send the uh, set the fashion world on fire. Um, 
So it was like this. Everyone's like, oh, these are fantastic. These are great. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, uh, they weren't flying off the shelf. So I'm like, okay, okay well, this is nice. And People are too busy of, buying toilet paper. Exactly. Well, even still at that point, this is, this is at the end of 2020. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't think this is going to turn. It could have turned into something if I kept work. I think if I kept working at it, but you know, I was looking, you know, I was looking for, a, I mean, I just didn't have enough money mm. to continue it. And also with the complications of COVID, it was just so difficult. Even, you know, if Mark Jacobs is laying off half the staff or however many of his staff, what chance do I have? Right. So it was very complicated. Mm. Anyway, so I'm. this is all happening. And then I'm going to get back to January 6th. Um, I even had a friend who's a PR who was helping me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the top PRs in New York, uh, Paul Wilmot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then January 6th happened. And the project was dead in the water. No one wanted anything to do with Trump. Right. No one, no one, no, you know, WWD or any of the places that I was going to get publicity in had any interest in Trump whatsoever. Right. Um, so it really died in the ass right then and there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, um, you know, still working on Twitter, still creating stuff, but you know, I'm like, I can't just keep doing this the rest of my life and making no money. I mean, this, is, yeah, I mean, I have to really. So I thought of, I mean, I was, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. I was just like, you know, getting over the fact that the sweatshirts, you know, weren't the success that I had hoped them to be. And, you know, I should have put, done something, you know, like a upside down smiley face because that seems (laughs) the thing that's selling, not, you know, clever pieces about Trump. Right. Um, So, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm too clever for my own good, really. Yeah. So then out of nowhere in March, was it March? It was March, beginning of March. All of a sudden, I read about people mm-hmm. and Christie's, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where the NFTs emerge. Uh-huh. So, um, and I'm like, that's incredible, because I immediately, because I knew I had known about crypto art, and, you know, I'd asked permission to use a couple of pieces even, you know, during the the preceding three years. Um, but it, I didn't know about NFTs. I knew there okay. was a thing called, I knew there was a thing called crypto art, sure. but I didn't, it, I didn't know about NFTs. I would, in retrospect, I certainly wish I did. Um, <laughs> uh, so... I didn't know about NFTs. Then Beeple came. And then yeah, I looked at Yeah, your Trump Beeple. stuff would have been flying off the shelves, man. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah, yeah. there's a huge missed opportunity there. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I mean, mean to rub salt in the wound there. 
Yeah, I mean, I could, I would be a millionaire now, maybe. I have I a mean, Trump twenty forty zombie that was really popular. Yeah, I mean, it would have been. I but I had no idea that it that there was even a market, and I was right. looking, you know, and I was looking at the prices. Yeah, that were selling. They didn't even have Ethan. I mean, Super Rare didn't even have the Ethernet price, or maybe they did. Didn't register with me. I'm like, ETH. I wonder what that means. Oh, I see oh, what well. you're saying. I understand. Yeah, I, mean, I was looking. I mean, I you know, it's like the type of thing you stare at. You go, and you oh, don't okay, get so it. it's one ether. Okay, whatever that is. No, no. Well, I didn't know what it was. Right. Or have the, or have the um, one sec. Or have the interest to look it up. I'm like, sure. I'm sure it's some crazy crypto bullshit. Whatever. <laughs> Scam. Yeah, I not even a scam. Like I never thought it was a scam. Yeah, I know you say that a lot. I've listened to some of your podcasts. <laughs> I never thought Ethernet Ethereum was a scam. I usually never. say it jokingly. Yeah, and it didn't occur to me that it would be a scam. Right. Um anyway. So then Beeple happened and I looked at his art and I'm like, wait a second, that's what I do, kind of. Well, mm-hmm. I mean I don't do his stuff sure but my mind's yeah. very different but then i started looking at stuff and although my art i think i don't know what you think is different to a lot of the pieces it's the, it's well suited uh, to nfts absolutely yes. i can there was you know the the opening and the connection it was a clear entry point i'm like yes. this is you know, so many times I'm walking around saying to myself, what the fuck am I doing <laughs> when I'm making these pieces for Twitter? I've said that to myself a million times. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Yep. This is what I'm, this is what they are. Yes. They're, it's crypto art. And I didn't make the connection. Well, I didn't make the connection. You know, I, I did email the owner of Super Rare in the middle of 2020. He got back to me. He was super nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we we're talking about using IPs on Twitter, if only <laughs> I'd developed that relationship. Uh, anyway, I mean, you know, again, missed opportunities, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I'm like, this is it. Yep. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It was 100% clear. So I'm like, okay. And then, you know, as you know, by the time the people story hit, it was very, it was a very fast explosion. Yes. And then a precipitous drop. Yes. A frothy market. And then. Yeah. And into nothingness. Exactly. So as I, I mean, I want, I, but I was very important to me that, you know, the art that I was going forward with, I mean, obviously all the elements that I'd, I'd learned uh, and created, the Rocher-like elements, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Prince-like elements, that I, I wanted to put those all together, but in a much more developed way. So I said, mm-hmm. you need to take some time, think about what you're doing, like, you know, like your father. Just sit in the corner and think about what you've done. <laughs> uh, 
it was that kind of thing. Um, so minus the punishment that, element. Well, yeah, it felt like punishment. Um, so because uh, I have AD, I have ADHD. Ah, okay. So, Everything you know, living is punishment. I'm guessing about 98% of the NFT world has ADHD. Oh, yeah, no, that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would probably agree with that. You have to. You have Sit to. down and, like, you know. You can't not do, be doing something. Yeah, you can't not be doing something. And also, when you're in the, working on those Adobe apps, yep. um, particularly in my situation with a crappy computer, um, <laughs> And it just takes forever to <laughs> load. Speaking of crappy computers, your 4K video you sent me just about blew mine up. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry about that. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. When, I, it, when I finally got it to play without too much stuttering. Yeah, I mean, you, you need to, that needs to happen. Um, but, you know, the, that's, the 4K is for the person who, it will go to the person who buys it. Sorry, I kind of jumped ahead there. You were still talking about your entry and your first. Piece. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. So, I was thinking about it, and I was. I talked to my brother. I talked to my brother a lot. My brother's been very supportive of me in general, yeah. Um, and my artistic endeavors. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, he said he's, he's very successful, and he said, look these cryptocurrency it's it may be going up and down it but it's absolutely the way of the future mm -hmm. um and you need to stick at it Why and you? oh yeah he's i mean i can't say enough ian young is his name mm -hmm. and i can't say enough kind things about him and his wife gail mm -hmm. uh they're unbelievably supportive you know because things got a little bit hairy Money-wise, um, mm -hmm. so you know, uh, I'm not a trust fund kid uh, at all. I'm not a I'm not a starving artist. I'm a uh, you know, I'm a dieting artist. <laughs> <laughs> dieting artist, that's good. I like that. exactly. I don't know. Well, I, think, I was trying to think of something funny to say, but I, I couldn't come up with it. It says it's uh, my I like no it. dieting artist. My no yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I've even written a note here. It says I'm not a starving artist. I'm a question mark artist. So with that, an it's artist it's on a diet. Does that an artist on a diet. Exactly. And listen, I might just add. I know that I'm incredibly, incredibly privileged, mm. um, and I'm aware of that. So mm -hmm. you know. If anyone listening is like, this guy's an asshole, um, please. And I know that I'm very lucky to have been, to have all those breaks from interview to you know, Tina Brown, Katie Holmes, you know, all this stuff, yep. all these breaks and have the ability to have the time to sit down in the corner and think about what I've done. <laughs> thanks to my brother. Sure. Uh, you know, I I understand that I'm very privileged and very lucky. So just want to say that. Okay, so okay, so then I'm thinking about what I'm how I'm going to do. I mean, this is all happening. I mean, March and then or then April, the end of March. People happened in March, and then yeah. at the end of April, 
you know, I had the conversation with my PR and he said, you know, we've tried everything and people are just, it's, they're not interested. Mm. And, you know, coming from him, I'm like, okay, great. It's so April, yeah, April, May. So then May, I'm thinking about what I should do. I'm going online and like, you know, super rare fucking shit. I I had a conversation with Jonathan. I think it was Jonathan. Um, I think you're right. And then all, you know, all my, uh, and then, you know, that's when all the, my, I was thinking about all the missed opportunities, blah, blah, blah. And then anyway, so, okay. So while I'm just sitting here, I was keeping on up to Twitter too, a little bit. I was, you know, I was like, the whole thing was changing. And then I was realizing that that's when I realized that the 80,000 followers, which we talked about earlier, and the tens of thousands of likes and the thousands of retweets are just not going to work right. because they don't, you know, they don't know what an NFT Most of them, I mean, the vast majority don't know what an F- NFT is. So I'm going to have to change, immerse myself in the NFT world. So it was like, okay, it's a it's whole like starting new, over. Yeah, I have to start over basically. Yeah. But I have, I know what I'm doing. Yep. Well, I, I know what I want to do. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's going to, if it's going to sell. Um, and that's the fun part. I, yeah, exactly. And I know Twitter. I mean, yep. I know all the tricks of Twitter, uh, which is why, uh, which I learned um, as I was, you know, I created this, uh, added pop with all these great metrics in the first place. Um, I know how to do it. Right. So I had that. I had my art, and I thought, you know what? Maybe just a little bit of hustling. Mm-hmm. So, and typical me, uh, just decided, just went, you know, just emailed Kayvon Taranian from Foundation, uh-huh. uh, like you do on a Sunday night. Sure. Uh, with the uh, with the um, the piece that the the evolution now piece, mm-hmm. um, nice. yeah, the police piece, and oh, P.S. I was also getting, I was also uh, perfecting that during that six week prior period. And so this um, was being done in Adobe After Effects, kind of idea. It did. It was done in after. It was initially done in Premiere Pro. Okay. Um. It the the ivy growing out of the wall mm-hmm. is stock image. Okay. Yeah. Uh. But see, this is how I operate, and I can't tell you. I mean, I probably I sat down and listened. How I got from. Ivy growing out of a wall to the police, putting police on it. That's my magic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how did that happen again? What was I thinking that day? Was it but a what you I, thought of this right before going to sleep type thing? No. Well, yeah, I guess I did. But I mean, you know, I mean, I sort of cruise around the stock, you know, like everyone else. I'm like looking at images 
and I'm like absorbing images, absorbing images, looking at them, thinking, oh, this could be interesting for something. And I have, I'm a big list maker, and I have all these files with uh, videos that could be interesting for something at some point. Who knows? Um, and you know, and then all of a sudden, you like, you make the connection, and then the connection gets more intense and more intense and then you know i like the fact at the beginning i was thinking the ivy growing over the police is really sort of an evolution and then i'm thinking ivy ivy oh ivy league oh white people and so it it presents itself with all these interpretations so i'm like there you go Mm -hmm. um so anyway but i you know how i initially it's like it it uh it sort of coalesces around this idea all these ideas come to me and they don't develop but uh what i could do in premiere pro was limited um and i was sort of faking it and then i went the final thing that you see is a very simple a process in uh, uh, After Effects. The After Effects. <laughs> Completely forgot what it's called. In After Effects, <laughs> which I'm not very good at. Um, anyway, that's another story. So uh, so I emailed Kayvon Taranian and, you know, pro tip, if you're going to pitch, pitch on a Sunday night around 7 p.m. Oh, uh, that's yes. Eastern time? Yeah, Eastern time. <laughs> Making a note, okay. and then he just going to gonna get a barrage of emails now. You know, yeah, that, right? seven p.m. Really? Uh, anyway, so he got back to me immediately. Um, it was crazy, uh, and he hooked me up with uh, Charles Damger, who's mm-hmm. the director of creative relations mm-hmm. at Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even bother going any further. Like I didn't even bother going to Super Rare and any of these other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charles was, lo- you know, he was very he loved the art. They love. He liked the art. He's a very. He seems to be a very sensible person. Probably wouldn't use the word love. Uh, anyway, so he. But it was important to him that. Um, I was invited by another artist to Foundation. He wasn't uh, going to do anything untoward uh, to because rig the system. He doesn't want. He didn't want to rig the system. So, but but he gave. He was you know he mentored me basically. Well, mentored. He mentored me for like three weeks about how I should go about doing getting uh, the invite. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was. I mean, he was. It was. If it wasn't for his support, I wouldn't. It wouldn't have happened. Okay. And I got invited by a photographer mm-hmm. uh, called No God at Nomad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know who you're. Do you know about. him? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. great. You Is he well known? Um, I've seen the name. I think I've seen it with your stuff. Well, yeah, because he. He was the one. We follow each other. I, I know for sure we follow each other. Yeah. He, uh, I started talking to him via Twitter and it, the conversation just went on and on. Nomadic frame. 
nomadic friend. Uh, yeah, he lives in Saudi Arabia. It's kind of interesting. Um, and he, he went on and on and on. And I didn't know at the time, but they do these giveaways. Okay. Be people like give back. Do you know about this? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe elaborate. Well, yeah, people should know about this. People who want to get into foundation. Uh, a lot of the art, and I just, I didn't know about it at all. And I just found out that he was actually in the middle of a giveaway. So basically what, you know, it's all about giving back in the NFT world, as you know. And so people will, uh, like Nomadic Frame, will say, okay, I'm having a giveaway. So you apply to him. Well, if you will, you send your work to him. And then he, I guess he does, I don't know if he always gives it away, but, you know someone will end up getting an invitation. I see what if, you're saying. Yes. Okay. If the conversation is goes well and he thinks that you are going to contribute to the foundation community right. and you have talent. Right. Um, so this happens all doesn't happen all the time. Um, but it does happen. So people should they should do the hashtag giveaways. Um, seriously, NFTs uh, on Twitter, and you'll find some. Mm -hmm. And uh, you—it's another way of getting into foundation. Yep. So, you know, I all the tips. So that, that Charles, was your in. Yes. Yeah, so all the tips that Charles gave me, uh, and then hooking up with nomadic frame and then we had this long conversation and in the end he's like you know you're really talented i'm gonna give you this right now i'm not even gonna i'm as separate to the separate to the giveaway i'm just gonna invite you because i think you're great i'm like right gee thanks so <laughs> it was very nice <laughs> of it it was super nice of it and uh yeah so charles uh yeah Charles, I told Charles, and he was super excited that I did it the proper way. Mm -hmm, yeah, it all ended very well. Um, awesome. So then, yeah, so then I had this piece um, that I'd worked on more than I worked on my regular pieces. Sure. I what I did was I put there's even sound effect in there mm -hmm. um, because I know that the NFT pieces that I make from now on have to be the super mentors of what I used to make on the fly for Agitpop. Okay. Um, they need to be, this is me speaking to me, not to you. Um, they need to be as, you know, as highly polished as possible. Mm. Um, and mm -hmm. um, what I'm trying to do, well, and first of all, I need a new computer. I mean, if you could see my computer, <laughs> I, dro I dropped it. It's got cracks. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it's – and <sighs> so many things, you know. I bought it only in 2017, and it doesn't have the right graphics card. Oh, okay. um, And, you know, who knew that I needed that specific gra – the graphics card uh, – so a, 
I needed the graphics card to work on all these apps, which I didn't know that I was going to be working on. Right. That I will, you wouldn't that have would anticipated need that. Yeah. No. And, you know, like not anticipating NFTs anyway. So sure. it's a piece of crap. So I need a new computer. It's fine for I, emails, right? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. It does more than just send emails. Uh, I have to say. I mean, <laughs> I did. I did create the three pieces that you, the three new NFTs on. Um, yeah. I'm just being a jackass. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, Canadian sense of humor. Okay. Um, so yeah, it is does slightly more than emails, but it is a piece of crap, and it's super slow. Right. Um, so uh, yeah. So, oh, anyway, so I sold, so I sold my first NFT. Right. Yeah. And Congratulations. Two, yeah, exactly. And uh, so that was done. And now it's, and, uh, oh, okay. You sold uh, it to Nomadic full, Frame. Full disclosure. He bought it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, he's really believes in me and listed it. I mean, he bought it not for one ethereum i can tell you right now mm -hmm. i mean he listed it at one ethereum which is mm -hmm. you know quadrupled the price mm -hmm. um and so yeah and he's been good he's given me a little bit of advice but mm -hmm. uh i um it's a situation where i don't want to keep asking him i have a thousand questions sure and i i can't keep asking him you know, he's not, it's not, I just feel bad. And you can, you know how you you get the feeling when you're having, having a like Twitter Columbo, conversation. Just one more question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, when you're having a Twitter conversation and you can feel them pulling away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're like, uh -huh, okay. Uh -huh, I yeah, think yeah. Anyway, it's really nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh yeah i mean i got that i got that impression i'm very <laughs> hyper aware you can always ask me if you need to just dm me on twitter who you sure well watch out i mean <laughs> <laughs> you're opening the floodgates believe me i mean anyway so uh yeah so it's listed now and i mean of course ethereum is now rising yes uh it was it was originally, uh, I think, seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, now it's three, come away since then. Yeah, it's now you know from the twenty fifth of June, it's now what three thousand nine hundred. It's crazy. Mm, I think it's pulled back. I think it's right around three thousand now. Anyway, looks good. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, so yeah, so I've sold and so. That was the start, and I thought, mm -hmm. well, that was it. That and that was just me just sticking it up there. I know it's the guy who knows me who bought it, but still, still it's still that's, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah, no, I guess. I mean, I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was a bit of a cheat, but I mean, but the so person was, invited you in the first place because they thought you had potential as an artist on the platform, and therefore, they might be seeing that as an investment. It's not. You know, oh, one hundred. You know, it's true. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, he. It is your genesis, and it's he paid me with real money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, a genesis I, I like is this. usually a good investment. So, 
I like this word genesis. I heard it on one of your podcasts. Is that like a term that I should yeah, know? Yeah, it is. Well, basically your first NFT is your genesis. So your de- debut or losing mm-hmm. your virginity. Yep. Yeah, and like they that. tend to hold higher value. Like oh, my really? genesis on foundation is my highest selling piece, for example. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And is there a glossary of terms that you could send? <laughs> you, could, <laughs> you can send me. I could dig one up somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. You just need it. to know, you know, Genesis and I don't know, HODL, I guess was the other. What's thing. a HODL? HODL? Yeah. It, it actually goes back to Bitcoin days, back on Reddit. Basically, the volatility of Bitcoin it was crashing very slowly. Right. And someone wrote on Reddit how it didn't matter what was going to happen. They didn't care. They were going to hold Bitcoin no matter what. But they made a typo. They typed it HODL, H-O-D-L. Right. And they were just saying, no matter what, I'm going to HODL. And people just latched onto that. Right. And so now it's become a term. It's HODL. Like, no, and it captures all of the... It captures so much about the cryptocurrency market in terms of whatever's happening, you persevere and you hold on to it because it has greater value than it does at this given moment, right? There's so much potential. Right. There, right? right. So there's term HODL has kind of become yeah. symbolic, right? Exa- got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm hodling the money yeah. that I have. HODL. Well, in... HODL your Ethereum because not, not financial advice, but I see it getting to be worth a lot more in the next year or so. Absolutely. So uh, I'm modeling. That's good. So you used it perfectly. Yeah. Yes, I'm modeling. So <laughs> yeah. So I sold that, and you know, for the last seven weeks, I have been dealing with my back issue. Yeah, of course. And also because I can only work on the big computer, the broken one, mm-hmm. uh, sitting. Or standing. Oh. Okay. Uh, so my time to do that has been reduced greatly. So I've been like forcing myself. And, you know, and at some points I can sit for a period of time, but I know that as soon as I stand up, I was going to be in pain. Okay. Uh, so okay. you, pay, you pay for it. Anyway, whatever. It's the point. Um, so now I have. The three, I wanted to make three. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I have three pieces, yep. one covering, you know, s- subjects that, that I like, pop culture, mm-hmm. climate change, not like, but cover, climate change and politics, mm-hmm. um, which you've seen. Yes. Um, I have not minted them yet. Right. Um, and all this to them. Uh, what I'm now going to do. I've started doing my crazy emails, sending out. Mm-hmm. No one's got back to me yet. I don't know how I'm going. I'm and now I'm starting. So, are you thinking foundation for these, or are you thinking another platform? I don't know. I don't okay. know what okay. to. Do. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I could stick them up foundation today. Um, gas prices, you know, we'll see. But I never. Oh, and. Yes, everyone's complains about the gas prices. Every, well, I mean, I've only done one, but it cost me six dollars. Yeah, now it's going to cost you more on foundation. 
probably fifty dollars for the mint, fifty dollars for the for the listing. Maybe Are you kidding 60? me? No, I'm but I think I think, yeah. and it's I, been higher. Than, it was literally over a thousand dollars a week ago to mint something. What the fuck? I can't wow. I mean, that... for a brief period of time. Okay, well, I um, well, we'll see what happens. If you can hit it, it around forty-ish guay, right, you're going to be paying around fifty or sixty dollars US. It's my understanding, for, for the and then plus fifty for the listing on foundation. Right. It's my understanding that if you diff do the gas at different times of day yes. or different days of the week, uh, you can get it much cheaper. Yeah, it fluctuates. It's like Uber. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. If you so, uh, if you type in ETH, E-T-H, gas, tracker on your broken oh, computer, ETH, yeah. gas, tracker. Ooh, it's actually pretty good right now. What is that? It's only 21 guay right now. That's actually the lowest it's been in a long time. Uh, what's a guay? <laughs> That's a unit of measurement in Ethereum. So, what do you mean? Well, because how, Ethereum what, is divisible guays? to how many digits, whatever it is. You know, so it's it's a cost of gas. It's a unit what of measurement. What is it of in gas. US dollars? Uh, well, right now with 22 guay, I'm just doing mental math here. I would guess that's actually a pretty good price. That's probably between. 30 and $40 to mint right now. Okay. Which is, I know you've minted for $6 before, but trust me, this is actually the lowest it's been basically since the Ethereum upgrade that I've seen. Okay, so it's ETH, what Gas did you say what? Tracker. Gas Tracker. Okay, and then what it'll, on your search, it'll show up etherscan.io backslash gas tracker. Okay. Okay. Bookmarking. It's a good tool. It's a good tool because you can, you can also see which um, addresses are using the gas the most at a given moment. So right now, OpenSea is the highest. Right. Uniswap well, is the makes, second highest. That makes sense. But occasionally it, when there's some huge gas spike, you'll see something else at the top of the list. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me just, I'm going to bookmark that on NFTs. Mm -hmm. Done. It's a good okay, tool, so, yeah. And it'll so, give you yeah, an idea. Yeah. Like if you look at ERC twenty transfer, like right now, if I were to just send someone uh, an ERC twenty, okay, which is just like sending money, right? Looks like right. the average cost is about four bucks right now. Okay. Now oh, minting is much saying. more. Minting is much more expensive than that. Mint. If I just sent you some Ethereum, ether, that's pretty cheap transaction. Okay, so I need three hundred. I need to come up with three hundred dollars, basically. To get yeah, I'm guessing it's somewhere around that. Yep. I okay. Guess. It's it's kind of a barrier right now for a lot of people. It's a bit of a problem. Um, my hope is that you know, it just kind of calms down. Every once in a while, you'll see somebody will put out some huge, you know, these avatars that are so popular. You know, profile. Oh yeah, pictures. yeah. Okay. The there will be some collection. That, yeah, there'll get some some minting, you know, event, and then the gas fees will just go insane for. A number right, of hours right. because everybody's minting these things. Right. Did you read that New Yorker piece about the uh, board monkeys? No. Oh my god, you have to read it. Oh really? It's so great. I mean, is it really? It, so it's the yeah, board oh, apes New Yorker. Sorry, oh, board up. apes. Yeah, totally. It 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 goes into detail about exactly how these guys did it. They mm -hmm. have why no board ape avatars are taking over Twitter. Exactly. So basically, 
these two guys, uh, they don't do any art. They don't create art at all. They hired illustrators mm -hmm. to create the pieces in the first place. Right. They just had the idea. Sure. They just had like, oh, we want it to look like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know, I mean, you know, I use other stuff. And I know I, one of your people said that Beeple even uses, uh, you know, bought yeah. pieces that he doesn't mm -hmm. create himself. So that made me feel really good. But these guys, <laughs> you know, were sitting in a bar, two guys sitting in a bar saying, let's come up with one, let's come up with one of these ideas like uh, the punks and make lots of money yep and they did mm -hmm. and i sit read the piece but somehow i think there's some kind of program that creates new all the iterations yeah they that that creates new apes like you know they'll stick the beret on one sure and they'll do this and that anyway it's a fantastic piece everyone should read it okay. uh, it may not be it. what you do but everyone should read it. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so I am. But back to you. You've got these three pieces. I've got these three pieces. And now I'm just going to really, for real this time, immerse myself in the NFT world. Mm -hmm. I haven't been tweeting, I haven't done anything with IG for like a couple of months. Okay. Um, because, you know. So you're I not yet to... settled on how these are going to get minted then? You haven't yet? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, okay. you look, I don't know. I mean, I know nothing. <laughs> I know a little bit. You know, I know who the players, I know who the uh, the communities are. Mm -hmm. You know, the super rares, the foundations. I know who they are. I know who maybe... Um, three or four big collectors are. Um, I did actually get an email from Veritas something or other, okay. got a very unusual name, who's with Matt Coven, the guy, is that, am I saying it right? Probably not. Uh, the guy who, the Beeple guy. Okay. Who made yeah, Beeple yeah, the, famous. The, um, yes, I know who you're talking about, yeah. Matt Coven. It's Matt Coven or Meta Coven, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He now has some sort of organization and there's like three of them. Um and it's a website that you can Google. And his the person who uh purchases purchases the art for Matt Coven, like you know, their art person, yep. uh is called Veritas. Mm -hmm. um and you can google it all and i reached out to him and uh, via twitter and he got back to me so yeah but you know here's the thing everyone looks at my eighty thousand followers and they think oh my god but that uh, but i mean i'm being really real here and I have been real from the beginning you know they're not the right eighty thousand. Uh, so, you know, when major collectors have like, you know, 10, 20,000, mm -hmm. that's what you want because they're the right people. Right. 80,000 of the wrong people equals zero Ethereum. Exactly. That's, so, yeah. So, yes, I did it before and God willing, 
I will do it again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because with my Twitter talent, my unforeseen Twitter talent, I will get in there and make it happen. What um, about something I, just like OpenSea where, you know, people create collections on OpenSea? That's but, not, what, not a possibility. Is that, I mean, I don't know. Is it cool? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, OpenSea has... I use I use so many platforms, right? But I find well, OpenSea is, is nice for um, collections. Well, now here's I mean, here's my understand. I mean, you know, we could go. You could I could go. We could go for the rest of the day and tomorrow <laughs> with my questions. I mean, my understanding <laughs> is that you know exclusivity, particularly now after the bubble. Okay, there was the bubble, you know, yeah. you'd take a picture of your finger and it'd sell. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now the bubble's broken and I and it works for me. You look, People are looking for not, I'm not going to say real art, but art that has a through line that is saying something right. that, you know, I just what, uh, here. Here's the thing that I see. Okay, with you, okay, is you have a backlog of timely work, right? Okay, and so maybe for found maybe these pieces, the new pieces, are suited to a foundation. I can totally see that. Okay, because it's kind of a, it's curated in a way, right? Whereas yeah. I look at something like Open Sea for you, and I think that's just so perfectly suited to you going back to those pieces and tokenizing them in your with your signature right which is your wallet right as like moments in time that you're capturing as nfts you know because here's the thing with OpenSea that's nice is you can create a store contract just like you did with foundation okay um you basically open a store in your and you give it your name okay but then you can create a collection and maybe one of the collections is trump era right okay and you, the, the really nice thing with OpenSea is when you've paid for that store contract, which is going to cost you somewhere between $50 and $100 for that, okay? And you mint your first piece. Again, that first minting costs. Wait a second. I'm, I'm scratching around for a pen here. <laughs> oh, it's okay. This is going to be recorded. You can listen to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's right. Okay. I forgot about that. So we're having, a, we're having a, we're not on a phone call. We're on a podcast. That's right. So after you've minted your first piece, so again, that's going to cost you whatever it's costing in Ethereum at the given moment. Let's say forty, fifty. So, sorry, how much was the? I think the star contract store? is fifty to hundred dollars. I can't remember exactly, honestly. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, but after that, every single time you mint, it's free for you as the creator. Oh, so. Where now it's on a different contract. It's called an ERC eleven fifty five, which works kind of like the entire collection is that mint Jesus kind of thing. Okay, but so I would personally, if I were you, probably and I'm, uh, who am I to give advice here? I'm just giving my opinion. Oh, okay? I, you, you, you know. certainly know more than me. <laughs> so been, with those current works, uh, I got into this the NFT specifically. I've been doing yeah. for a about a year and a year-ish. Ish. Okay, so I've been okay. doing it for- I've been in months. crypto since about 2016. Yeah, well, forget it. You know everything. But yeah. I mean, okay. ERC I would not say I 11, 
Don't worry about the details. Point being, for the newer pieces you've done, foundation maybe is a good fit for those. But but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying, yeah, super rare would be wonderful. Absolutely. If you you have uh, inside access to super rare, definitely. That's the way to go. That's I want to be on super rare. I have not yet applied. I'm waiting until the moment that I feel I'm ready to apply. I I haven't even touched it. Yeah, but I'm just, I, I just, I'm like, I'm just moving ahead. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to get past that barrier. I don't know why I haven't applied. Yeah, no, you've mentioned that on earlier podcasts. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. I mean, the thing that's holding me back is they require a portfolio that's not tokenized. Which I have. See, but I don't. I tokenize everything the moment I make it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, uh, I it's have my one. ADHD. Okay, I can't sit there with it sitting there in my iPad without it being okay. Minted. Well, that's good. Um, that's a very important piece. I have one tokenized piece. Everything right. else is untokenized. Yeah, so you're in a good position for that. I'm not. But my and point I have, was, with and your, I have go ahead. a professional ring light kit, so okay. I'll be able. There you that's go. For my, that's, that's for your video. video. <laughs> that's for my video, and you know, I just planning on filming myself on a day where it's overcast, you know, for good lighting. No, that's a very good thing to do. <laughs> but you know, I, I was going to go. I'm going to go full man makeup on on for so I look, you know, 25. Yours should be pretty high <laughs> production quality considering your background. Yeah, no. But anyway, um, my point was with the open sea, you could create a collection. That's your Trump era imagery that you created on Twitter and you could sell them for a very modest price. Like maybe you would have, I don't know how many of them you've made. Let's say there's a hundred of them. Well, yeah. Okay. You could sell them for like 0.1 ETH each. And and how many? um, Just one of ones. um, One of ones. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, okay. And that would something be nice. to think about. Something to think about. Yeah, no, no. It would be nice little nest egg. You've already to keep created the... those. They're your creations. You have every right to mint them. Yeah. No, of course. The difference being that with that OpenSea collection, you don't pay the minting fee on any of the following pieces. The buyer right. pays the minting fee. Oh, okay. They're minted upon purchase. Okay. Gotcha. So That's for something like that, you can very easily create a large collection at very little cost because you have such That's, a great collection of pieces that you've put out on Twitter over the years that are historic pieces. Yeah, no. I it mean, makes sense for them to be NFTs. Yeah, because I was looking at this one, which I really like, which is a bear, a bear eating the presidential seal. Mm-hmm. and the t- And the title is Florida man mauled by bear, which is very funny. Um, So, you know, I'm like, damn, that's like too old now. But no, but now they're not too old. No, because you could create collections that are different time periods. So maybe you will have collections that are you could have a Trump collection. Right. You could have a collection that's focused on issues of a certain year. Right. Okay, well, the Trump I have was... I have like, I don't know, seven, eight different collections on OpenSea. Wow. And, and so what I do money? is like, I do them, pardon me? Yeah, and you make money all the time? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I make money. Some of them don't sell, of course, but that's okay. fine. It didn't cost me anything to mint them. 
Right, right. Now then, if you do that, then you are making, uh, if you want, but then that sort of precludes you from going to super rare. With those pieces, yes. Right. Yes. Well, I don't have an infinite collection, so, you know. I mean, you, would want, to... you would want to set aside pieces for super rare. That's my problem. Right. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and who makes, yeah, I gotcha. I have gotcha. to have the self-discipline to make Mine. five serious pieces that I feel are like my best work, in quotation marks, right. and keep them under wraps until I submit them to super rare, and then apply, and then wait potentially months well, that's for them the to say, hey, you're in. And in the meantime, those five pieces sit there. Okay. That's Well, point. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that that was my next thing, is that, yes, I have done that. I have now three of the best pieces I've ever made. <laughs> if Super Rare's listening. Uh, the best pieces I've ever made <laughs> with... Um, Jonathan, are you there? <laughs> this is my Please application say, to Super Rare. Exactly. <laughs> Blink if you can hear me. <laughs> I would be honored if Super Rare was listening to this. I suspect yeah, they're not. You never know. Hey, you had Gary V on. He's not true. a small chicken. No. Yeah, that, that's that true. was major. Yes. Anyway, so, um, yeah, that would be the thing, is that I would make the so I would make the application, but then as the time wears on, I can't just sit here that's waiting for, yeah, waiting for Super Rare to get back to me when yeah, exactly. they've got, you know, celebrities and all sorts of people. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, and in need... the meantime, I'm also on Known Origin. I'm also on Foundation. I'm on OpenSea. You yeah. know, so I feel I love Known Origin. It's a wonderful platform. And I put stuff out yeah, no, on there absolutely. just about daily. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. Here's the thing for me is when I first learned about NFTs, my very first experience was super rare. Right. And so in my mind, it would be like this kind of pinnacle of achievement and kind of a circle, full circle kind of scenario for me to be on right, the platform. Right, right, right. Me, me as well, because that's mm -hmm. the first place I saw crypto on. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there is, uh, you know, there is like anything in the world of capitalism. Uh, there's, uh, you know, there's the top players, yep. Nifty Gateway and mm -hmm. Super Rare. And then, you know, go down known oranges and mm -hmm. known origins and your founda and foundations and it goes down from mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Like there's a list, right? Yes. There's a ranking. Yep. So having yeah. said that, a lot of great artists do just put their work out on like OpenSea, Rarible. Yeah. Some well, of them do it out of principle. They're like they don't wanna be on a platform that's curated. They don't wanna be um, Well that's the thing controlled that was by really gatekeepers. Yeah, that's the thing that was really confusing me. Confusing me is because Pac, who's like you know superstar, mm -hmm. um, he was he on Super Rare? Oh no, he was on Foundation, and mm -hmm. made millions, and then all of a sudden he's on uh, Open Sea or Rarible yeah. or something weird. And well, I'm like, you know, it kind of fits with the cryptocurrency kind of what's the word? Ethos. Ethos. Yes. You know that idea that no, um, I'm going to put it on an open platform 
Okay. But I Boy. really do think you could take some of your past pieces and, right. and put them on OpenSea. That would make sense to me as collections. Right. You OpenSea just didn't they just get like uh like multi-million dollar investment? Yes. Mm-hmm. And from some billionaire. OpenSea is one of the largest. Is it could be the largest? I'm not sure. But that investment, you know, I think that sort of piqued my interest. But yeah, I really think you could tap into OpenSea for your collections, and you could have a nice little collection going on there. Okay. Well, I mean, I so appreciate this advice. This is fantastic. Mm. But yeah, um, those to, recent pieces you've created that are kind of like your high-end polish, yeah, maybe do save those for Super Rare or Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what about Nifty Gateway? Aren't they like... Nifty Gateway is, yeah, if you can get on Nifty Gateway, yeah, 100%. But, but that's, they're the two that's top... no easy task to get on Nifty Gateway. Yeah, I mean, but Nifty and Super Rare are the... Um, they're the pinnacle. Yes. Now, the difference with Nifty Gateway, however, is you actually don't have full control of the minting process there. It's not minted Why? to your wallet. Well, Super Rare uses the actual Ethereum MetaMask, like mm-hmm. the wallet system, right? Like the you log in with that. Whereas Nifty Gateway is kind of more custodial. Right. So in terms is of it- being you, your name, your signature via your wallet, Super Rare would be the way to go. Okay. But I mean, Nifty Gateway isn't dodgy. I wouldn't turn down Nifty Gateway. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Even though the in the even, aren't the Winklevoss twins involved mm-hmm. in some yes. way? Yeah, they yeah. own it. Yeah, <laughs> in some small way, they own the place. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I basically, mean, in that case, it's more of a custodial process, and people pay via like credit card. Okay? Right, and They're if anyone knows from dodgy with crypto. If anyone knows from Dodgy, it's the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> yeah. Because they've been, yeah. Well, it's all yeah. tied into the Gemini Exchange and everything, right? What's the Gemini Exchange? It's a New York that, uh, crypto exchange that the Winklevoss Nothing to do with them being twins. I would guess that that's why they chose the name. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, it's I know a, nothing. It's a, it's a deep, deep rabbit hole. Okay, it is, and I'm just about to dive in. But I but mean, you can have fun playing with OpenSea, and there's really no barrier there. You don't have to ask anyone's permission. You don't have to get invited. At the very least, at the very least, I can work on some – because I have some – as you saw, I mean, I went full-on mm-hmm. fashion mm-hmm. with my website, mm-hmm. you know, with naked models and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so – yeah, uh, I've got tons of great images. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so now. just be careful with OpenSea that you go to the real OpenSea because there have been fakes. Okay. It's OpenSea.io. Yes, because some okay. people have done it where they've clicked on, they've Google searched OpenSea, and then some jackass has made like a phishing website, and then you yeah. go there with your MetaMask and log in, and poof, your stuff is gone. Right. Oh, really? So you do have to be careful. But you, oh, but you answered one of my really big questions was, you know, uh, Nomad Frame. And a lot of people have, you know, on their link tree or whatever, they have, 
you know, available on this place and this mm -hmm, platform mm -hmm. and this platform. And I could never understand why they were listing so how that what the advantage was to listing at so many places and I was missing that. Now you've explained it um as how it works. So Well again I feel like those recent pieces you created are more suited to foundation. But I feel that if you're doing something that's like a series, a collection, OpenSea is well suited to that. Right. And what do you think about my idea of um, selling uh, frames from the CO2 piece, uh, frames from the 4K as prints? Mm. Like physical, so, so if they purchase the NFT, they get the physical copy? Is that what you're saying? Well, I thought that would be really interesting for people. Mm -hmm. See, now the so trick with Foundation being there's only going to be one sold. Yes, exactly. See, so, so again, something like uh, Rarible or OpenSea would be better for something that you want to do a multi-edition. Right. And then, but you know. You could the sell the one of one on Foundation and sell like the redeemable one on OpenSea, but then you should be transparent about that because people don't like buying something and then finding out something derivative exists elsewhere by the same artist. Yeah, it gets complicated. But, you know, if you look, I was looking on the list of people who have made the most money on NFTs. Yep. And the people, a lot of the people who have made, you know, millions have sold uh collections yeah like mm -hmm. people for example to start with like people mm -hmm. um but working on down from there there are people who there's a most you know i i'm going to say many of the people of the majority of the people have sold multiple pieces mm -hmm. of the same thing over right. and over again. so like selling like a hundred of a hundred or something what i'm saying is there's a difference between making something, let's say, 100 copies of something and, say, minting something on Foundation, but also minting it on OpenSea or Rarible. That's right. very much frowned upon. Right. Okay. You see right. the difference? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get right? it. Right. Like, gotcha. I have pieces on Known Origin that are like 10 of 10. Right. But I don't then go and mint that as, say, a 1 of 1 on Foundation. Right, right, right. It's only okay. a 10 of 10 on Known Origin. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, serious? you want to be careful about that because people can get pissed off if they go, "Hey, wait a minute! I bought this thinking it was the one item, and now you've got this over here." You know right. what I mean? There's been people that have gotten a lot of flack for that kind of thing. But I mean, don't. I thought oh, maybe I'm wrong. So super rare only do one of ones, mm -hmm. and Nifty Gateway seems to do. They do multis. Both. I'm quite sure they do multis. Yeah, they do multis. They, they, mm -hmm. they would do... Oh, yeah. They'll they would, do even like these open editions where you'll sell thousands of something. Something. Yeah, that's that's where... Yeah, that's so that's interesting. It's like, wow, um, I have one of 62,000 copies. So rare. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> I make a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That made, yeah. <laughs> it would help me with all my mental health issues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a million dollars um, might help with that, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I know for a fact. Um, yeah, that is, yeah, it's better than any medication <laughs> that you can come up with. 
Um, yep. So, okay, this is really starting to, there is some clarity here. Okay. Oh, and then Good. one yep. another question. Mm-hmm. Private sales, all of a sudden yeah, yeah. there's, that's just, that's it. that just seems to have popped up as a thing. Well, I'll tell you about private sales because I had an experience recently where I sold a piece on Known Origin to somebody prior to actually even minting it. What I had done is right. I had... I tweeted it and I did kind of like a live auction on Twitter, which is a fun thing. It actually went really well. Yes. You told me about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. You didn't tell me about it. I, it was in one of your okay, okay. podcasts. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, See, but anyway, I do my research. Yeah, I do my research. Yeah, nice. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, I'm honored that you listened. Um, no, no, no. I listened with, with the guy called ghost. Cowboy. Oh yeah. 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 Ghost cowboy. That was good. Yeah. And you talk, and you talked about it. Right. So, Anyway, we'd come to an agreed price, and it was good. It was like 0.25 Ethereum. I was happy with the sale. Right. Um, problem being that I couldn't mint it just exclusively for that individual. I had to just mint it and hope that they could buy it. Now, there right. are ways around it. What you can do is you can mint it, you don't price it, and then you gift it to them. Okay? Problem with that is there's a lot of costs involved in that process. It's more costly. Right. Okay. Um, OpenSea has an option where what you can do is you can put in the address of the buyer. Right. And you can de- determine it to be a private sale and only that address will be able to purchase it at that agreed price. So it's a private sale. Which so you, you agree, pro- you agree to it on Twitter. Yeah. You just agree to it verbally and you say, okay, I'm going to put your wallet address in here at this set price. The nice part about that being there's no trust involved. I'm not having to send someone something that's worth, say, $800 or whatever, hoping right. they're going to pay me. Right. Right? Well, Instead, gotcha. they they can only purchase it, and they're the only person who can purchase it for that agreed right. price. And it's not even available to anyone else. Okay. So now there's – but you know, I just read there's now a foundation private sale uh-huh. option. Okay. I, I saw that somewhere unless – Okay, okay. I think, I think you're right. I, I think I th- saw something about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it might, must have come up somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I have to do some, just double check that. But See, now I the big thing with foundation an, being, it's always traditionally been an auction format. So for them to go to a private sale, that's a big change. Right. Okay. Like, for example, my piece that sold, my Genesis on foundation sold for one, one ether. Okay. Right. And what happened was the person who wanted it was like, I'll buy it off you for one ether. I'm like, awesome. And this was when foundation was new. I didn't even know it had an auction format. So he goes to bid on it and he orders it for one ether. And I'm like, hooray, thank you. And then it says auction has begun. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So And he was like, wait a minute, what? Auction has begun? I'm like, shit, I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. so then we just kind of didn't say anything about it for the next day. I never tweeted about it. I didn't tell anyone about it. Right. And fortunately, no one else saw it. And then he just ended up getting it for one ether. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it was an awkward moment. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Gotcha. So, but I, can I really DM you questions? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, you should like, you know, I mean, listen. I mean, I've I've listened to about three or four of your podcasts, and there's information there's information littered all over them. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's listening, uh, <laughs> they should you know they should just like 
listen to them because there are tips, there are collectors' names. Yes, there's some big you know, collectors in there. Yeah, there's you know, and there's people, there's ideas about going to a place to buy models so that you know you don't have to create your 3D models yourself. I mean, all sorts of great stuff. And that was thank just you for your endorsement. Your oh yeah, endorsement. I mean. I mean, I was like, okay, well, I have to do this. So I, you know, over the last three days, I said, I'll listen to one a day. And, oh, um, and all of a sudden, I'm like running to find a pen <laughs> to make notes. Boosting <laughs> um, my listenership. Yeah. No, I, well, I mean, I am, seriously. And then there was one uh, collector, Gia, Giannos something or other sourus exactly yeah i know what you're talking about yep exactly so i mean i didn't get the name the first time second Mm -hmm. time third time i had to like keep playing back yeah it was said very quickly and we weren't even sure ourselves how to pronounce it exactly Uh, so i had to keep playing back but i eventually found it so how is it spelled again g-i-a but and it gets confusing because there's Two, there's two, there's a Giannis, G-I-A-N-N-I-S, Saurus, and then there's an, another spelling, Ionis. This is Giannis Sourdis. Yeah. And the Twitter handle's far easier. It's just at GreekDX. Exactly. So that's a lot easier way to find Giannis Sourdis. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember uh, that about that episode. I was like, how is that pronounced again? I'm not even sure. Yeah, so yeah. what I did, well, I mean, I sent, uh, I DM'd him. Well, he didn't get back to me, but that was last night. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy shit that I do. That's, you know, that's it's the fun. hustle. It's yeah, no, well, I would say, yeah, it's, it's you know, well, fun. I would like someone to just take all this and just deal with it. <laughs> right, you want to hire an assistant. Yeah, well, not even an assistant, just someone to, like, just deal with everything because I love making pieces so much mm. um, that then you have to turn around and then sell them. Promote it. So, it's yeah, true. It exactly. is a whole other job. Yeah. I kind yeah, of enjoy the promoting for my stuff. I, I have fun with it. I I like the connecting, the networking. The podcast, yeah, I hate it. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 No, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the selling at all. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the thing. You know, when you work, when you work in publishing or when I made the Katie Holmes film, yep. I just was being creative all the time. Sure. Yeah, I get and, it. And, you know. You weren't marketing. Of course, you, you, you were, you, yeah, you know, you're answerable to your client or you're answerable to your editor-in-chief or any other crazy person who wants to put their two cents worth in. Um, but you just did your thing. And then, you know, I didn't give a shit how many magazines GQ sold. Sure, of course not. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't care if. You just uh, focused on your task, which yeah, is the creation of creative element. Yeah. And I didn't care how many John Frieda products were sold. Turns out it was one of their most successful launches. But ultimately, stuff like that, I don't care about. So all you got to um, do is get one piece to sell for like a couple hundred thousand dollars on Super Rare and then you can hire somebody. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, <laughs> but unfortunately, as my brother says, I'm allergic I'm allergic to money. So, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> so, you know, I That's need to problem. work. That it is a problem. I need to work on that. So, anyway. Hey, it's so, been a pleasure talking with you. It's really fun. I and honestly, we'll... yeah, if you have questions, just DM me. I don't mind. Okay, fantastic. So yeah. I hope I might uh, not answer that... right away. I might be walking my dog or something. Okay, and all your, you know, looking at all parenting. Um, but I hope that uh, I feel like I was just babbling this no, whole time. So did, I hope it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. And you know that's me. It's awesome. So, yeah, it's good yeah. getting to know you. Yeah, you too. Absolutely, for sure. And uh, you know, I know, I know. Well, I know you. I know you're a teacher of math. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you have you have one kid, right? Two, two, two kids. Mm -hmm. uh, two kids. Last time you looked, yes. and <laughs> last time I checked. Well, again, they're uh, adults. So, yeah. <laughs> Are they adults? Yes. How old are they? I'm nearly 50, so. Oh, okay. So they're in their 20s. Yeah. Oh, okay. I would, I would have thought, I'm looking at you. I wouldn't have thought that, but anyway. Thank okay, you. fantastic. <laughs> um, so. You and can you see know, the gray. You can see the gray yeah, in, my, in my beard. But you don't have a ring light, so, you know. You yeah, the ring light would help. Yeah, the ring light, you look amazing. It'd take five years off. At least. Yeah. Uh, if I trim this, it actually, I look younger. Yeah, no, so. definitely. Well, I can give you all tips. That's my thing. Or a Grecian uh, formula or something, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you just need beard. No, you don't need Grecian formula. Beard <laughs> and it's beard and mustache. Yeah. This is the one, I think. Anyway, whatever. It's in the cupboard. I can't bother shaving down to the skin. It's too annoying. Oh, I have to shave down to the oh, skin. Okay. okay. Yeah, I just don't I don't feel clean. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but you know, we all have our little quirks. Um, anyway, yeah, now, have uh, good luck with this whole foundation, thing. super rare, open sea, whatever thing is happening. Yeah, you mean my NFT thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good luck with the <laughs> NFT thing. Uh, yeah, thanks. Anyway, so yeah, so thank you so much for, I mean, taking the time of you know, listening to me and Absolutely. uh. I'll definitely uh, let you know what happens. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But you've very been very, very helpful. Yeah, we'll be very, very helpful. Awesome. Right on. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon. <laughs>